0: Good morning, Anthony Parker. We got here in the end.
1: Exactly. That was that was good, mate. That was that was very slick. I liked it.
0: Uh, well, I, you know, we do our best here at Sales Confidence. I'm super excited to have you on um, the podcast, and I'm really, really excited for our audience to hear your story, but also mm-hmm. the journey that MindTickle's been on the business um, from its growth perspective. So, just to kick off, my name's James Ski. I'm the founder of Sales Confidence. And um, we care about helping people at each stage of their career um, with their mindset, well-being, and performance. And mm-hmm. today we've got a special guest, um, Anthony Parker, who is the general manager of Amir for Mind Tickle. A, a fantastic business that we're going to learn more about today. Um, mm-hmm. but first, Anthony, let's focus on you okay. um, and just break the ice a little bit. What, what what's the first thing you typically think of when you wake up in the morning?
1: Um, well, the, the first thing I think about is don't check your emails, don't check your emails, because I have I used to be in the habit of waking up mobile phone next to me, checking the emails. And that is that's not good for mental health. So now what I do is get focused on getting out, walking my dog, making that break, because now we're in this new working from home constantly, there needs to be a difference between life and work. So I, I like to get out, um, I walk my dog, I fire up my clubhouse clubhouse app. Um I know you're you're a keen follower of my my content. And Absolutely. I have I have a breakfast show a show of thirty minutes every morning where just speaking with people in the in the SAS business, AEP AEs, managers, et cetera, just having a good conversation. So one of the things I'm excited about here, James, is as you know, is building up my clubhouse following. So Looking absolutely
0: and i'm going to do everything in my power this year so if you're listening go follow anthony parker on clubhouse and help go. him out <laughs> um, i think actually you know what's really nice though one of the great things i've come to warm to your character is that there's a genuine passion for coaching and helping yeah. people which mm-hmm. really does come across and i'm, I'm looking forward to, um for the audience to learn more about you um, i guess taking it back where where does your inspiration and motivation come from um mm-hmm. to do what you do as a leader of a rapidly fast-growing business like mine tickle yeah i think
1: for me i i i was a failed sports uh, a failed footballer a lot of the lot of the people i went to school with ended up playing professionally um for for clubs and made of mine actually played for arsenal um, right. i i didn't reach those heights so i've always had that sort of competitive spirit and that performance focus. And I think when you take yourself out of that sporting arena and you're looking for things that you can do to A, perform, and then B, obviously help and develop others, that, that sort of, that's, that's what drives me. And I get far more satisfaction now, and I wouldn't have said this a decade ago, but I'm definitely now get far more satisfaction from watching people develop, watching people grow, and knowing that we are in a, an arena which is sales that is the lowest barrier to entry and the most underappreciated in terms of development and and you can make massive strides in in months or even weeks sometimes so that that's what really drives me and that's what really a drives me as an individual and that's also why I came to Mindtickle
0: I love that and um, you know I think we're both great advocates for uh, the profession yeah. and the the opportunity for it to genuinely change people's lives from a career perspective, but also um, to facilitate change in organisations, um, and that's really really exciting. I, I guess where did it all start for you though? Do you do you
1: recall your first experience of sales? I, I do. It's, if you ever if you ever meet my dad, it's the only the only story he tells about me. Um, he just doesn't really care what I'm doing now. I'm not even sure he understands what I'm doing now, but. When I was younger, like most people in all walks of life, but certainly in sales, I had the had the multiple paper rounds and lots of different ways of earning money. But yeah. one of the things that I did, which uh, I used to go around door to door, washing people's cars, so offering to wash their car um, for around about I can't remember how much, a couple of quid at the time. Um, And then what I realized then, and this is really one of the areas, I'm going to to elevate what I did uh, um, to to getting into the services business. But what I realized was that there's only a a limited number of cars that I and my friends could wash in a day, maybe three or four. So what we did is we, rather than doing that, and we did have a round for about a year where we would knock and do the same people, um, we went to a local garage and had a chat with the manager and said, can we wash your clients' windows and lights when they come in while they're filling up for nothing? Um, and then if they want to tip us anything, they can. And the guy said, well, yeah, go on then. And and this is way back in the day. I'm not that old, but it was back in the day. And we were making 40, 50 quid a day in tips. Oh, I love we, that. Uh, So, yeah, for me, I, I'm saying that I, I went from sales into the, into service. But I like yeah, that. Exactly. So well, we
0: it's interesting because I, I also had a, um, a, a kind of a small car washing business. I wouldn't go far to call it a business, but I like how you branched out for the volume
1: game, uh, exactly. and, like okay. reduce your workloads. Smart. Exactly. Bring your, bring bring the customers to me. I'm, I'm sure that was some sort of inbound marketing I was doing back then.
0: Well, yeah. So you were ahead of your game clearly, but you've been on a journey as an enterprise rep before you've gone on to manage and lead sales teams. Yeah. What, what What's that been like? And what do you think has made you successful as you've developed your sales career to put yeah. you in the position you now in to to lead a region for a business like tickle,
1: yeah, it's, it's it's a good question, and also it's one where I wouldn't necessarily say that the the twenty odd years I've spent in sales has always been successful. Um, there are times where, through down to myself, where, I mean, I would not would I I would not have hired me ten years ago. I would not because I was not anything I'm looking for. We can come on to what I'm looking for, but I was not that person. I spent a lot of time in a lot of large organisations where although I was doing well, I was trying, um, but I wasn't really investing in myself. I wasn't really taking advantage. I had a closed mindset. Um, and around about six, seven, maybe eight years ago, I, I can't I can't even tell you how or why, but there was a, a realization that pretty much, this, if I just carry on like this in 10 years time, I'm gonna be in the same job, doing the same thing, making the same complaints. And if I wanna do anything with my life, if I wanna have that su- success, whatever that means, I need to take ownership of that. And I did take ownership of that. I started really treating sales like a craft, whereas I hadn't pro- properly uh, uh, before. I started really investing in my understanding of it and all facets of it. And within, within months, it transformed me. It tram- I, I got that proper confidence. And what I've seen as an AE, what I've seen as a manager, RVP um, and GM all, all along is the more prepared you are, And the more you actually care and invest the time, the more confident you will seem, the more confidence you'll come across, and ultimately, the more confident you will be. So for me, it's that I woke up, I wish I'd done it five or six years earlier, I'll probably be in a a bigger house now. But from (laughs) my perspective, I, I have not been a success all of my career, I've been a success from the moment I decided I wanted to actually do something and not be a salesperson, I wanted to achieve as a salesperson.
0: That's great, great recognition and great honesty and reflection, you know, for people to listen, to really reflect on where they are in their career and what their gaps are. I think we can be, especially in SaaS, often where it's product led, we can be spoiled um, and, you know, that might think we're better than we are. um, But, you know, just as, uh, as professionals, there's always areas for improvement. And I think it's a great point there often I get described as, you know, there's this fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? Yeah. And for me, you know, arrogance comes when there's no competence and, yeah. you know, you're BSing and telling a story. And fundamentally, confidence truly comes when you have the competence to be able to understand what you are doing, what you are saying, why you're asking certain questions. Absolutely. And I think that's a that's a great takeaway for, for people um, to, to understand. And that leads nicely on to the next question. You're scaling out MindTickle. You've hired yeah. lots of salespeople. What What are you now looking for from the people that you want to bring into your team and your organization?
1: Yeah, good good point. And, and everything you just said there, actually, I know we're going to come on to the MindTickle piece, but everything you just said there about what we're looking for or what people should be aspiring to, Mind tickle and I would describe as readiness. So that that is a state of readiness, and and sales readiness is what mind tickle does. We'll come on to that later, but that is exactly it. It's about being having genuine com, uh, competence, proficiency, and that ability to be thrown into almost any situation. You need to prepare, but to be ready at any time to have that conversation that matters. So yeah, you you said it better than me. I might steal that from you. Um, <laughs> But but to answer your question, what I look for in a in an AE, um with now my my HR team in America will hear this, but I, I'll, I'll tell the truth. I took the um, the job description that we had from from a US perspective and I essentially started rewriting it um, because I want I want a certain type of individual because I can help a certain type of individual. And I was very clear. And in the end, I removed almost everything. Um, whether you've got an MBA or not, I don't care. It's certainly not number one on my list of of, of anything that I'm looking for in a salesperson. If, if you've got it, great. If you haven't, great. What I'm looking for, are, and I've got I actually got it up on screen now just to give me a prompt just to make sure I don't miss anything, is that the individuals need to be curious, coachable, and smart. And by smart, I don't necessarily mean academic although that is obviously important what i mean is somebody who is able to adapt to situations they can learn quickly and get things done so curious coachable and smart with the with the first criteria um, that i'm looking for the attributes need to have a first class um mindset e- even if they don't have the skills A mindset around discovery and qualification and also be a creative thinker And the final piece for me, which is vital, and I I would say vital in any any role, but certainly in what we do here, they have to have a passion for the craft of sales. sales is a craft, it is not a job. And if you treat it like a job, you'll be like I was 10, 15 years ago, earning okay money, but having no actual satisfaction. Mm. If you treat it like a craft, you can do, you can outperform people that have been doing this for 20 years in a couple of months just by applying yourself so they have to treat it as a craft because that's what we're ultimately selling and helping our clients do and those are the attributes I'm looking for
0: and you know what an attractive opportunity as a professional to be helping not others in different industries or different roles um, literally your peer Thanks. Um, and you know I can and I and I just see um, and understand where the excitement comes from so i guess that's a good the, the kind of question for those that aren't aware what 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 is mind tickle what does mind tickle do what does it offer the market and sales professionals yeah
1: good good question so th- there's a couple of answers to that i'll give you the short answer but which is the, our most sort of focused answer My, MindTickle mind tickle is a sales readiness platform we've defined readiness so we're a we're a sales readiness platform that helps our our key buyer which is a sales enablement people within organizations it helps them do several things. One, it elevates them, so that they are now not talking about training, not talking about pulling sales away from from doing what they want to do, which is sell. It's actually helping them really have an impact on that sales individual, really helping their state of readiness improve. And also as importantly, or more importantly, quantify the impact that those those interventions, those programs are actually having on revenue. There's no CRO cares at the end of the quarter who completed their training. No CRO or any business owner compares what smiley faces went on a training sheet at the end of a, a whole day. What they care about is what did you do for those sales individuals and what impact did that have over a reasonable period. And so we as a company and I firmly as an individual believe in out we are outcome obsessed. And that's all we care about. So From a sales enablement perspective, that's what we are. From a CRO, we enable that CRO to actually have a bit more confidence in what they're looking at. So they're not just looking at a forecast, they're looking at the readiness of their individuals and their organizations and comparing that to the forecast and performance. So they've got a more complete view. And then for salespeople, everything that we stand for and everything that we try to enable is more about how they can spend more time in front of their customer they don't need four hours, five hours of training. Give them something that's short and sharp and modern, that they can quickly take on board, they can quickly go and apply now, and that they can get better a little bit every day, not sitting in front of training or e-learning pressing next, just trying to get it over and done with. Tick the box, I'm not interested in. And, and we we are we qualify out sales enablement leaders who want who want to tick the box. We're looking for people who want to help salespeople get better and they want to talk about the outcomes and the impact of revenue.
0: I mean, that is music um, to my ears and I can imagine so many listeners right now, especially those that have been in the industry for some time and can appreciate the pain of poor onboarding experiences or um, clunky e-learning platforms um, that do not allow you to get what you need when you need it. And the other thing I think which is clearly appreciated by yourselves and ticker is that you're driving outcomes. 100%. It's no good just getting someone um, and their knowledge unless it's linking back to revenue and results. And I think for the sales enablement listeners and that audience, how do they demonstrate their value and their contribution um, to the growth of the organization and not just seen as a an add-on cost center that, we kind of need to have that. Must be pretty important to the way you think about it.
1: Mate, that, that that's exactly it. To us, if if you're doing, if you're, we can help good enablement people become very good. We can help very good people become great. But it's all about them, and it's about how they approach it. They are going to be the ones that are successful. It's just that they don't have anything at the moment to help them do that because they've been using outdated stuff that wasn't designed for this. So learning management systems. I don't care about saying. Learning management systems are great for whatever they're used for. They are not used for sales readiness. And for us, we can help the right sales enablement people who are focused on outcomes and driving revenue to really really accelerate and elevate what they are doing. And what that does is give them more resource. So when I talk to enablement people and they say, we don't have enough resource, we're not doing this, I know automatically, and I'll say it. Is because they are seen as a cost, not as a as a profit center, because they're not talking the language that anyone cares about. No one cares about training. What they care about is outcomes. And we had a GKO last week and an SKO where we had um, a couple of people uh, from uh, Thomson Reuters, Brenda at Thomson Reuters. We had some guys over at Fortinet. There's a link on my LinkedIn to one of their YouTube. And all they were talking about is outcomes. They were, had programs. And some of those programs were a bit longer. But. They had clear defined outcomes and benefits for their salespeople that any time spent away from selling was going to help them sell when they went back out to doing it. And that's what we care about. And every salesperson listening to this does not want more training. They want to be more effective and they want to have more time doing the stuff that actually helps them be better and earn more money. That's great. So why mind tickle
0: though? what's the what's the special DNA? That Mind Tickle's got that makes it one a special place of work, mm-hmm. but also the the place that actually is getting this right, in your opinion.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I chose to come to I chose to come to Mind Tickle because I saw that Mind Tickle were ahead of the curve. This is a couple uh, two two and a half, three years ago now. Mind tickle already ahead of the curve. So MindTickle uh exists for that outcome focus now i'm not saying that two and a half years ago we were there but we certainly are far closer to that now and we're delivering that now but what we as a company are doing is being obsessed with helping salespeople get better obsessed with connecting input with output so that that outcome focus that i mentioned earlier yeah. and because mindsicle has we we've, we've 550 people globally so we're a large organization but more than half of those individuals in our organization are focused on development. Wow. They're focused on developing the platform. It's, a, it's an unfair advantage and a competitive advantage for us and for our clients, which is why we attract some of the largest, fastest growing, ambitious clients in the world. Um, a, a good example, Anavir over at Infobip. They are, um, they are Croatia's first unicorn. Wow. Amazing team. They brought her in from IBM really good, strong team. And the first thing she did when she came in was look for a readiness platform so that she could be held accountable for delivering performance and results and got a great team. There's lots of them because they're not seen as a cost. So there is lots of them and they are they are driving. And that what's special for me is that there was nowhere else for Anna to go once she and I had a conversation and my team had a conversation, not because we were selling better, there was no alternative to what ones who could do what she wanted now and in the future. And that that to me is really exciting and it's great for obviously salespeople here.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I'm happy to hear that. Um more specifically for you as the GM, yeah UK, Europe, what's yep. the approach? What's the what's the level of ambition in a mirror? Yeah, so the, the
1: ambition's higher. We've just um secured hundred million dollars funding from softbank uh, in q4 last year anyone who knows softbank knows that softbank and ambition are synonymous so we are very ambitious as a company anyway and what we're looking to do now uh, we've just we've just completed the the latest hiring round and what we're really looking to do is go to market you've mentioned it isn't really europe is that is europe south africa and israel are the main focus mm-hmm. obviously there's an EMEA title but what we're looking to do both on a direct basis is is connect uh and help the organizations that fit into that icp around are they uh, are they working in large organizations where they have sort of upwards of two three four hundred people up into the thousands and are they looking to elevate what they are doing so there's a massive there's a massive market out there where we can help a lot of people so for us it's just making sure that we are being very diligent in qualifying saving our time and as i said before we can help 60% of the enablement people out there, the 40% that aren't ready for this, we can help them in the future. So there's massive growth plans. We've got partnerships with some of the, in France, we have Halifax Consulting in Austria. We have Innovate and Grow. We're not looking to take on lots of partners for partners sake and just ticking the box. We're looking for outcomes. So we are having a handful of key partnerships with key partners who can help us in areas and countries where for uh, language reasons, for cultural reasons, we probably wouldn't be able to do very well from the UK. So we're looking at partnerships as part of our, our ambitious plans to to ourselves become a unicorn Excellent. in the next couple of years.
0: Excellent, very exciting. So bringing it back to those that wanna learn about sales, you know, those that are listening, how can I get better? How can I learn from Anthony? What, have you got any book recommendations? Um, there's a few books in the background there. I noticed.
1: Yeah. So some, actually some of them I've read. Um, so I've got, um, so free a yeah, free book recommendations. And if anyone's lasted this long, I'm going to offer a bit of a reward for people who's lasted this long. Listen like to it. me. So, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. I think he's showing backwards on yours, uh, on the screen because of the mirroring. Um, I don't know if you've read this yourself, but David, uh, primer, no. um, sell the way you buy. And then the third book that I really like is Gap Selling by Keenan. So all of those free, I would I would recommend. What I will do for anyone who has got this far and posts on LinkedIn or follows me on Club on Clubhouse, I will send the first person to mention that I, any one of those free books, I will send them a copy. So great, free books available. Never split the difference. Sell the way you buy and Gap Selling. There I we like go. that. I like that. You're get you're getting into this. Exactly. I'm desperate. I'll do anything for a clubhouse follow. <laughs> uh, you heard it
0: here first. Anthony will do anything for a clubhouse follow. Send your requests. Send we your bet. DMs and we'll sort you out. Um, so what what is it about, what did you see? I'm going to change the question a little bit, even though we prepped for it. What, what did you see in yourself that was missing? And therefore, what do you see the best salespeople do?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, what was missing from me back then was I, I'm not going to swear. I, I promise not to. Um, but it was I. I didn't. I I did the job, but I didn't care. I didn't actually give a shit. So the the fa- the people that are going to do well in in as an AE are going to care. Are going to really treat it like a craft. And what I've seen now, which I'm mile, a million miles away for, but with the shift that I'm seeing in sales, modern sales now is and i can exemplify this with two people one is a person that i don't know and i've never spoken to sarah brazier at gong she has created a brand for herself which started as an sdr bdr mm. and has now gone into her, her role as an ae i've never met her but i talk as if i know her because she's putting the content out she's being herself she's going to appeal to lots of people she's not going to appeal to the people that aren't going to get on board with that which is great And there's almost like a you almost see some people celebrating that they've got a discovery call book with her. So by being authentic and using the, the social media platforms like, um, like LinkedIn, I'm not gonna, uh, like Clubhouse and other things, you can build up a following and that can actually help you as an individual. And I think that's the next bit. I'm certainly missing that. I don't have that. It's one of the things, obviously yourself, one of the reasons why we're engaging with sales confidence is you over the years, have built a community by doing exactly that, you understand the power of the brand of the individual so you can actually help people. Everyone knows how you can help them. Everyone knows how Sarah Brazier can help them. Um, I'm also a coach for replays.com in my spare time just because I can't get enough coaching. I do really like working with some of the most up and coming individuals. Um, I'm working with Lee um, over at Clue and Jacob um, Gebrewold. Jacob Gebrewold. Uh, if, if, if you haven't heard of him, I would definitely look him up. Hey, he, he's a very interesting, dynamic uh, character. But also, he's creating a a, a community uh, focusing on uh, black people in sales and creating a community there. It's called Sales for the Culture. Right. S four T C. Jacob Gebrewold. So he's one of the he's one of the people that I coach in my role um, uh, as uh, at um, replays.com. But I guarantee you now, if you don't know him yet, you will, because he's on that same track as Sarah Brazier. He's got a good brand. He's out there. He's creating stuff that's that's transcending just sales. He's doing something for the community. Mm. This is what, that that guy in two years is gonna be a superstar, because he's not just like Sarah Brazier, just like those types of people, and to me, you don't get that unless you have all of those fundamental things that I'm looking for, you need that as the basis, Jacob, and I've only been sort of talking for three, four months. And already, and this is all down to him. He, he, he's already beyond what we what the original scope of our engagement was, because he cares because he does things. And, he, and he's that type of individual. And that is what I'm looking for. That's what I wasn't. But that's what I'm looking for. And I uh, And I don't think any sales leader should compromise on those things or things that are important to them. I think that's fantastic. I think what you've also um,
0: articulated as you've um, explained those examples is the willingness of you as a leader to mentor, coach, and give back Mm -hmm. um, based on your own experiences. And I I think in the past, without LinkedIn, let's Mm -hmm. say, you could be locked away in a sales organization and your sales leader could treat you Maybe not so well, and no one would really know, know about it outside of that organization. I agree. So now the fact that we're all kind of vulnerable and exposed means that if you don't genuinely care about your people, if you don't demonstrate with your people that you want to see them improve, if you're not there to in, in, invest in them, if you're not investing in their readiness, helping them prepare in their career, you're just going to get left behind and yeah. you're going to get uh, uh, um, missed out. I think what you're um, articulating is a wake up call. For maybe some of those experienced leaders that need to think about how they can giving back more, and you've kind of really in that answer, they're covered about where you see the future um, yeah. of sales going i I would add um, yeah. so what what do you and we touched on it earlier around competencies and confidence, but where do you get your confidence from where Where have you been able to develop yourself um, you know and what are the tools have you used to develop confidence? yeah and i think it's back to that so
1: 10 years ago i wasn't confident uh, and and my confidence if there is any now is very very niche and limited to what i'm talking about here if i go downstairs and, and a builder comes in and starts talking about work on the kitchen my confidence evaporates so it is very situational confidence but the confidence that i have now and i have genuine confidence now i could be thrown into any situation supporting my team because i'm not having to think about it because i'm just being i'm being natural I'm not sitting in a suit and tie, and I'm all stiff. I'm just being myself. I, I, if people don't like that, I'm fine with it. If people like it, great. Mm. That to me is confidence, and it took me a long time, a long time to work that out. So now what you have is the real me, and and what you're getting is i um, relatively unfiltered, because I'm I'm I haven't got time to filter myself, and if I do, that creates the lack of confidence because you're having to double and treble think before you say anything. So genuine confidence to me is that, or comes from being authentic, comes from being yourself, but you can't get that without the preparation. The best, in my opinion, the best people when they're speaking and exuding confidence are the ones who seem like they're making it up as they're going along, and they've prepared to a level that allows them to do that when I'm at my worst, I've underprepared, and, I've, and I'm delivering it, and I all of my natural energy and passion comes out of it because I'm thinking, oh, I have to now deliver this, which I haven't properly prepared for. That's so great. that to me, that's where confidence comes from.
0: That's great. Um, there's some real truisms in that. What about the journey and where you're comfortable? Have you had to overcome some challenges, unexpected challenges on that career journey, where it really set you back, but you were able to navigate through it um, and that's given you more confidence and experience from, the, from, from from that part of your
1: journey. Yeah I think I think again, and this is a different mindset. any any issues that I had in the past, unless there's things external happening to me which which didn't, I had nothing happening to me that impacted me. every problem that I had in the past, 10, 15 years ago. And there'll be people I worked with 10, 15 years ago who may know what I've got on. I'll be thinking, what, is this the same guy? And No, it's not. So everything that I did back then was what I did to myself with that. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but that growth mindset and that removal of excuses, that removal of blaming stuff. If, if you're in the same job now that you were moaning about to your colleagues six, nine months ago, that's on you. That's that mentality for me. That's the only thing I've learned is that if you take responsibility for yourself, if you're not happy and you've tried everything within your power to be happy and successful in your role, and there are external elements that are preventing that move, there are loads of good jobs out there There, if you haven't got the right management structure move, there are lots of opportunities. So for me, take ownership, but don't just join a job, expect all the leads to happen. Don't invest in yourself wait for everything to come to you and then go oh this job's crap the job's gonna be crap if you don't invest in yourself um I love that so
0: we're coming up to the end of the uh, conversation now um how are you, you you again I mentioned it a little bit well, how do you focus on just your own well-being kind of you know your, your, your mental and your, your your physical well-being to stay um, optimized
1: for the day job which is you know intense physical is a different matter but i do walk my dog twice um twice a a day just to get that break so th- in the morning before i work i walk the dog um and then in the evening after i finished um work and i'm about to go down to the family i walk the dog because you need to have that break that alone especially in these times you need that separation but I, i've always been quite somebody who's been remote for the, about the last 10, 15 years anyway. So I've always been, this This is not unusual for me. What is unusual is my family being around all the time. <laughs> so for mental health, that you need that break. Um, and that my company, again, with my team and myself, it, it's, this is, vo- this MindTickle has voted a great, one of the greatest places to work, top 10 SaaS places to work. But it's it's a constant evolving thing, especially in this new world. So now we've, we've realized that, we can't have people in the UK always going to meetings sort of six o'clock at night, seven. So we need we as a company have recognized that and we said that's not right because we need that separation. We can't, we can't people's mental health and energy are going to be impacted if we don't think about that work, genuine work life balance. And it's not all about work, work, work. You have to have that break because that's where the creativity comes from. Great, great
0: lesson. Do you have any final thoughts, recommendations,
1: suggestions before we wrap up? Uh, I think in terms of final thoughts for me, just just to say, delighted to be part of the sales confidence uh, community. It's a conversation that me and you have been having for at least six months. I've always respected and been looking from, from afar about what you're doing. Great to be obviously having more regular conversations with you. And if anyone listened to this, thinks that I can help them in any way or if anything that we've spoken about has triggered some something that they want to dive deeper in, LinkedIn is the place to get me. And I'll leave the clubhouse plug. I won't do that one. Yeah, <laughs> catch me on LinkedIn. So there you've, you've heard it, folks.
0: Um Anthony, this has been an absolutely um, great experience. You know, the more I spend with you, the more I'm enjoying our conversations. And I'm great uh, that this has been captured for people to listen to. And I just think there's so much more for people to understand about you um, Mm -hmm. and how you can help people in their profession, but also MindTickle's contribution to organizations' growth and the readiness of their salespeople. So it's an exciting time. Super proud that MindTickle um, is a platinum partner of the sales confidence community. And I'm really looking forward to when we can all get together in uh, a person and and have a few drinks. So thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, Anthony, thanks for being a great guest.
1: Excuse me.